Welcome to Funeral Directors Chat, where funeral professionals discuss industry topics, trends, and news. And now your host, Nancy Bourbon. Hi, I'm Nancy Bourbon, your host for Funeral Directors Chat, a podcast providing funeral professionals with insight to current industry topics, news, and trends. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking to a colleague and a friend, He's a funeral director. He's also the founder and president of Eco Green Cremation Systems Incorporated. His name is Joel Collins. Welcome, Joel. Hi, Nancy. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining me. Now, we're going to talk today about green options. And if you want to reduce your carbon footprint and be eco-friendly to the environment at the same time, there's really only two ways to go. I've talked about traditional green burial before. Now, today I'm going to talk about a different type of cremation, a green cremation that disallows the use of embalming fluids and filters that trap toxins and can escape into the atmosphere during the cremation process. It's a way of disposing of human remains and being eco-friendly. So, Joel, tell us a little bit about your company and what your goals are. My company is Eco Green Cremation Systems Incorporated. And what we're doing is we're trying to bring to the forefront of the cremation business The responsible choice. The responsible choice is if you have an option to be eco-friendly and get the same job done, you would probably choose being eco-friendly and get the job done as opposed to just getting the job done. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. And that's what Eco Green Cremation System has done. We have developed a system that, in fact, has the ability to attack all incinerators on the planet. And that's a cool thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is very cool. And by doing that, we have taken from the ground floor the opportunity to take technology that's been around since 1934 and bring it into scale so it's affordable for a cremation for humans, pets, medical waste, institutions. It's just a real great process. And it's It's basically alkaline hydrolysis, is that correct? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. The systems that are in place right now, Nancy, across the nation, there's probably about 100. These are five, six, seven, ten million dollar pieces of equipment that perform alkaline hydrolysis on a very large scale and on a regular basis. And where are those located? They're located all around the country. Some areas probably you're familiar with. Have you ever heard of the Mayo Clinic? Sure. Have you ever heard of Cornell University? Sure. Now, what are they using them there for? Well, at the Mayo Clinic, they are processing uh, human remains from their medical schools, from their medical labs, from the different surgeries that they're performing. As far as Cornell University, they are already using it for the pet side for their animal college, their um, veterinary college, rather. And they are introducing it to the medical college now as well. They're they're noticing a 67% reduction in not only CO2 output, but general cash outlay of getting the same job done that an incinerator will. That's pretty amazing. And I guess it's pretty well accepted then if the Mayo Clinic and Cornell University are using it. Absolutely. The USDA has been using it for years for large animal outbreaks, for disease, for flooding of an area. When there 
is mass destruction of animals, they've been using alkaline hydrolysis. So basically they use it in demort situations with animals already. Exactly. Now, I understand that it cuts it's a natural gas, it cuts your natural gas usage by about 90% and your electricity usage by 66%. Are those accurate figures? Uh, yes, ma'am, they are. There's zero mercury emissions and the total carbon footprint is 18 times less than fire-based cremation. Exactly. And we've and we've uh, and we call our process natural cremation. Um, accelerated alkaline, uh, accelerated anaerobic digestion. Why, do, why is there such a resistance then from the funeral community? I mean, we've been using traditional cremation since for a very, very long time. And this seems like it's much more efficient. It's much better for the atmosphere. Like you said, it's better for you, the environment, and the earth. Well, the community at large typically is a traditional community, the funeral service community. But the main issue is changing the way governments record this stuff and what I've seen done and what is being done in the eight states that have already approved it is they've just added a section on their um, death certificate that says cremation by alkaline hydrolysis or cremation by incineration. That's going to take a little bit of, of processing and a little bit of money. That's why California has postponed it till the first quarter of next year because they determined it's going to take about $200,000 to get it orchestrated within the governmental system. In other words, like a mini launch. Right. And that is, that's been the, the biggest issue and problem with getting it launched is how do we handle it? What do we call it? And it's going to cost that much money just to orchestrate that? Well, that's what they're saying in California in their government system. Well, interesting. Um, do you, as a funeral director, you pretty much had to go to the cutting edge to uh, embrace this technology. What made you decide to um, to embrace this technology and develop these new products? Well, at first, it first started when I heard that folks were already doing it, and I thought it was just a fantastic way to, as I stated earlier, to make a responsible choice. In order to make a responsible choice, you have to have the foundation as well as the wherewithal to get something done. And with our mechanical engineering, our chemists, our chemical engineers, we've put together a system to do that and do it quite effectively at about the third of a third of the cost of the competition. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Well, for some of the funeral directors that are listening to this podcast that don't really understand what happens, can you just take a minute and uh, compare traditional cremation or incineration to the natural cremation? Well, in the traditional cremation, you have to present the remains into a furnace that has been heated up. So you have a startup period for your furnace. Then you have to get it to at least 1,800 degrees. And then you have to process for three or four hours, depending on the size of the remains. And then you have to have a cool down period. So not only is it a time saving piece with the eco-friendly cremation, because there's no startup timing, there's no shutdown time that's used in the process. So consequently, in about two hours, a 200 pound body can be processed. Isn't that great? That is. That's pretty impressive. I guess this would have significant impact, too, on clients that are obese. 
the obese clients can be handled uh, more effectively um, in our system. Our system starts out, um, our smallest unit can process uh, 400 pound remains. Our largest unit can process up to 25,000 pounds of remains. And that's called our EnviroDR system for disaster recovery. Wow, that's amazing. Now, I don't know if you know this, if I chatted with you about this, but I was part of the Haiti death relief effort uh, in January okay. 2010. Oh, really? And they did not have a, a working crematory at that time. Now, if, I did read that. And if they had this system, they certainly would have been able to have a, a better demort system in place than they did. Exactly. The uh, demort system that we were talking about, the uh, EnviroDR, as it's called, it basically can separate all of the remains and classify them on a computer system so that when, for instance, Mary comes and says, well, I've lost my mom in this disaster and I can't find her, here's a picture. We will have already taken a picture of Mary's mom, digitized it. Then as she has gone through the pictures, she'd say, oh, yeah, this is my mom. And we can tell her, well, what we have done is we've taken the time and processed mom to ensure that she had a dignified closure mm -hmm. in her life and a dignified uh, transition for Mary. And we can present Mary with pure calcium phosphate cremated remains for Mary so she can have closure as well. Isn't that great? No, that's wonderful. And uh, here's another thing I was thinking about. I've been speaking to a couple people that run a special events on cruise lines. And one of the events they run is scattering ashes. And they have a whole ceremony around it. But they will not at this time allow client families to actually put a biodegradable urn through the port. They require them to actually physically handle the cremains and put them through the port. And they are getting some feedback that the client families just don't like touching the cremains. I would assume with your system that it's a much cleaner look, feel, and texture, and it would be more aesthetically pleasing. Absolutely, Nancy. What you have with the eco-friendly system is our Enviro platform provides you with pure calcium phosphate. There's no rocks. There's no scorching. There, uh, the bone fragments um, basically don't exist because it's a sterile powder, sterile, granulated remains, and that's really the key point with the eco-friendly system. Everything that's generated, Nancy, is sterile, the calcium phosphate, as well as the liquid. Now, what do you say to some of the detractors that are saying it's, you know, we're basically dissolving grandma and putting her out into the water system? Well, I reiterate the fact that, that we are in the funeral service business. Um, None of this stuff is, is, is glamorous. None of it is something that we want to see or do every day. It's death. The fact of the matter is that if you had the option to have the same process perform, but in an eco-friendly way and have something sterile generated, would you do it? We're finding people are saying, yes, this is a great product. And throw in this fact that it can be done for 30% less than your traditional cremation. Really? So then the funeral directors will actually be saving 30%? Minimum 30%. I've seen savings as much as 
And I'm talking about the cost to their crematory. That's incredible. Think about that. So what it does for the funeral director or the funeral service industry is it's much like, uh, like say, the car companies do. When you have an electric car, you have, for instance, uh, a, a Ford Fusion that is gas-powered, might cost $20,000. The Ford Fusion that is um, a hybrid might cost 28000 Or you would say, hey, you know what? We have an eco-friendly system. And we're going to pass the savings on to our customer base. How do you think that would be received? Well, no, I think it'd be received very well, especially now that clients are shopping around before they make their decision on choosing a funeral home. Exactly. And actually, it's a, it's twofold because now what this will do is that allow the funeral home to maybe go after that institutional contract with the city or start a route with uh, the rest of the funeral homes in the area in order to increase their own business because they can provide the service at a lower cost for everybody in the area. So you you mean you could go after like like Huntsville, they have a prison there, their state prison, and they and they send the contract out every year and basically the mortuary with the lowest bid gets the gets the job. Exactly. And then throw in the fact that, hey, you know what, we can do it in a, in an eco-friendly fashion. Who wouldn't want to put that feather in their cap if you were in charge of prisons or you had to make the decision to take care of indigent cases, to take care of the various uh, medical waste situations that we have to take care of in the human race? So really, Joel, what it comes down to is education and information. If people had, if they were educated on this new system and they knew what it was saving our environment, and us in, in turn, they would certainly make this kind of a responsible choice. Right. The extra flexibility now available in funeral service in the cremation industry is just phenomenal. And then carry that over into medical waste as far as um, the, the medical schools and the veterinary schools and the institutions and the hospitals. Oh, my goodness. We can save a lot of people, a lot of money, and do it in an eco-friendly fashion that is saving across the board our planet. And as we said again, Nancy, it's making the responsible choice. And we feel most people will make the responsible choice, and it's coming around. And I understand that, you know, some people are saying, oh, you're throwing all these chemicals into the water system. Isn't it true, Joel, that it's a sterile fluid and it's made up of salts, sugars, peptides, and amino acids, and it can be returned to the earth to help the plants and trees grow? Exactly. We, and we have our EnviroCare solution, which is our private label solution in conjunction with our EnviroSafe Balance solution, that when mixed together, it provides a solution that is not only sterile, but it provides a solution that that will handle from 10 pounds to 25,000 pounds, and you won't have the environmental um, impact as the incinerators would um, exponentially. Right, as, and as anyone who's ever come near a crematorium watching that black smoke go up, that's not a pretty picture. Nobody really wants that in their neighborhood. No, they don't. Joel, what happens to the implants or prosthetics of the deceased in this cremation method? Well, that's a good question, Nancy. Because we are 
adjusting the pH to neutral, eight or less, what that does is that actually creates um, a market. Are you familiar with how the Lions Club takes the glasses when donated in the funeral service business? Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can do the same thing now with mom's knee implant, her hip replacement. So instead of spending $10,000 for a hip replacement, now you could have a recycled hip replacement for $3,000. Isn't that great? No, that, that's wonderful. What a great legacy to leave behind. Exactly. I'm sure a lot of people would really appreciate that the you know body parts such as they are are going to help other people. Exactly. And, that, and that's here in the United States. What about sending that stuff overseas to third world countries when they have far less than what we have? True. Very true. Possibly free. It just it creates an additional vertical market for the for the uh, funeral home, but it does good for society. It's just a wonderful thing. There are so many wonderful things about alkaline hydrolysis and what eco green cremation systems can bring to the table for this business and the industry at large. It's it's just wonderful. It's that education issue that you're talking about. People need to get involved. They need to engage. And understand what's happening out there, not just take the easy way out. Absolutely. Now, uh, without let's talk about the different um, the benchmarking data. Like you have the Enviro One, Enviro Two, the Nonstop, and the DR. Is that correct? Correct. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Uh, let's talk about that um, a little bit. What the benchmarking data is. Well, what we've what we've done is we've made different sizes to handle different volumes. So we'd go into a facility and we would identify the volume that they're using. The Enviro 1 is typically used for 400 pound processing. Um, you could have an Enviro 1 custom that was made longer to accommodate a human, but the um, Enviro 1 is typically used for the veterinary community. The Enviro 2, however, is, is much longer and that is used for the human processing. Uh, the Enviro Nonstop is more for the large animal processing or a mixture of different size units. In other words, it's a chambered system for the humans. In other words, you could have a 200-pound un- uh, remain. You could have a 300-pound remain. You can process five at a time with the Enviro Nonstop unit and not commingle anything. Very interesting. Yes. Yeah, so you're taking your processing. I have, I have clients that are processing two and three thousand uh, remains a year as far as humans, and they can do their whole monthly processing now. Um, this is what the forecast is. Upon the purchase of a nonstop unit, they can pr- do all their thirty days of processing in eighteen days. That's amazing. So not only are you saving manpower. You're saving fuel costs. Your average incinerator is going to cost um, that funeral home about $3,000 a month in just gas. How would you like to automatically, as soon as you install the unit, save 66% of those fuel costs? Well, with this, with this recession, I'm sure that's a big concern. Absolutely. And the rate and the cost of the um, gas, you know, do you think oil is going to continue to go up or do you think oil is going to go down anytime soon. Yeah, I don't I think up is probably the more reasonable answer. Exactly. Now Joel, um there you we have your products and then 
I'll call them the competition. How do you, how do you, does your pricing schema match up against the competition? If you don't mind chatting about that a little bit. Right. And then that's what we were talking about a little bit earlier. It's a, it's a, about a third of the cost of those other units. Um, because what you have is you have a manufacturing facility, an eco green cremation system, but that is we're, we're an American made piece of equipment. All of our systems are made here in the United States. And consequently, all of the parts made in the United States, so you have lower costs having been made in the United States. And that's what they're figuring out in China, that shipping all that stuff in from China and Europe and so forth, all those transportation costs, again, using all those fossil fuels is not as cost effective as manufacturing in the United States. So the made in America symbol that we have on our units is very important to us, not only from a cost perspective, but from a pride perspective. Made in America, if we could get everything that we needed for our home made in America, I bet everybody in the United States' hands would go up and say, yes, I agree. And that's the primary issue with the competition. The competition is, is uh, making their units outside the country. Absolutely. If you can get it made in America, why not? We need to keep our jobs here. We need to keep our manufacturing plants busy. And if it's cost effective, I just don't see why anyone would go outside the United States. It's really a question that that uh, each individual has to ask themselves. You know, why would you do those things? A lot of the car companies have figured out, hey, you know, I like I a lot of people like Hondas. Well, they got Honda plants in Ohio now. They got Toyota plants around the nation, even BMWs in South Carolina. Why is that? It's because it costs less and it's better received by the American population. And that's what we need to do. We really need to think about what we're doing and making the responsible choice. So you manufacture these products in the United States and they're utilized by uh, U.S. funeral homes. Absolutely. And pet processing facilities and soon to be medical processing facilities as well. Well, that's something to be proud of. We are. We're very proud of it. And we've worked very hard from the ground floor up. Uh, we're just not taking something and and uh, putting our label on it and sending it out. We are making it from the ground floor. We're assembling it. And we're working on the design with our customers to make it better for them in each and every situation. So if you have someone that has maybe a smaller room than uh, would be required, we go back to the engineering department and we adjust the machine to make it work for that customer. So it's just not a cookie cutter product. We work with the customer on their volumes that they're working with, their room configurations, just to make sure that they have the product that they can work with that won't uh, alter their operation. And that's very important. You're not gonna get that from a product made in Japan or China. They can't, they can't do it. It takes too long. And you actually go on site. Is that right, Joel? You actually work with the customer and make sure that everything is custom to their needs. Custom to their needs and exactly what makes their operation work as far as benchmarking the um, turnaround times, benchmarking the, the weights that they're using to ensure that their system is working in unison with what they're having to deal with from their constituents. 
Right. And Joel, as a, as a licensed funeral director for many years, I'm sure that you have a much better handle, a much better insight on what a funeral director is going to need in the crematorium than some people who are sitting in a factory in China. Exactly. And that's what is important to me as a business owner is to ensure that our loved ones, as a funeral director, are taken care of and are being treated with dignity. Absolutely. That's a, that's a beautiful sentiment. Now, you said they were, the, the, they were priced at about one-third of the competition. Uh, since many of the people on this uh, podcast are not even going to know how much these systems cost, can you speak to that a little bit? Um, the system that's out there right now that just got installed in at Anderson McQueen, they're saying they're the, they're the first system out there. That system um, starts at about $450,000. Um, our smallest system that handles more weight than their um, cookie cutter system, so to speak, is only $150,000. And that comes with full training and support. We even offer a 10-year warranty to let folks know that we're going to be around. We're here to support them, soup to nuts with the process. We have our own private label um, liquids and so forth as well. Oh, how about that? Um, how do you know? Obviously, you need chemicals to make this process work. Uh, what the the cost? What's the cost uh, comparison between your chemicals and the competition? Well, the the difference in cost reflects directly to the combination of uh, material that's in our chemicals. We we sell a concentrate. And we can get the, the cost down to about $125 per human remain processed. Wow. So that's pretty significant because that goes to total cost of ownership. Exactly. You go, you take remains to a crematory, you're going to start paying about $260. And then you're going to have to wait for at least two or three days. We could have a situation where we can process the remains in a couple hours, depending on the size, clearly. So the folks could come in, they could view the, the uh, remains going into the system, they could go have a lunch and come back, and then they could have the cremated remains made available to them within a couple hours. That's a great value. That is a great value, and, and it cuts down on a lot of the anxiety and, that people have around the death process. Exactly. That closure is so essential. And the timing of that, folks really don't want to prolong that stuff. They do because they have all these situations with other companies handling the remains two and three times. The issue is let's, let's allow the remains to rest. Let's put our loved ones to rest in the most dignified fashion possible. In the most dignified fashion possible, isn't passing them around and around and around because you have to go to different uh, different organizations, you have to go to different processing facilities. This system, Nancy, is made cost effective so that a funeral home having 100 cremations a year can have an ROI that they'd be proud of. And with cremation on the rise, it's over 54%, I understand in America right now, and it's only going to go up higher because we're so behind the rest of the world. I mean, look at Australia, New Zealand with in the high 95 to 98 percentile and Europe in the high 70s. It's only going to go up higher. Exactly. 
So what you're saying, Joel, is that any funeral director now can actually have their own crematorium and they can do natural cremation. And think about this one, Nancy. In the major metropolitan areas, you can have a crematory, for instance, in the middle of Chicago, where those folks are sending their uh, remains, you know, and sometimes 50 miles away. Now they can have it in the city because there's no EPA ramifications. Isn't that great? That's a really good point because I know I live, um, I grew up in New York and everything has to be outsourced because the real estate is just so precious. It's so expensive. And I don't really think there are any crematoriums actually in Manhattan. Everything has to be outsourced to another area. Most major metropolitan areas, Nancy, will not allow that. You know, it has to be so much distance from any eatery. It has to be so much distance between multi multifamily dwellings and, of course, residential um, single-family dwellings as well. And that's why they can't have them in those major metropolitan areas because everything's kind of squished together. And that's probably why cremation is higher in inner-city environments because they have to go the extra step, as you just stated. So to, to sum it up, you can now use one of these, when the, when the legislature is passed, you can now use one of these natural cremation systems in a New York area, in a Chicago area, San Francisco, L.A.? Absolutely. And they can, you know what, Nancy, we didn't even talk about this. They can use it safely as opposed to a lot of these crematories when they're run, they're run very hot and they continue to run hot and they're not allowed to cool down. And these crematories, Nancy, nobody talks about this. About every 3,000 hours, you got to replace the walls in those things at a tune of about eight to $10,000. Every um, 9,000 hours, you have to replace the um, floors. And about every 15,000 hours, you got to replace the stack system. This is between eight and $10,000 each and every replacement. We don't have that. That's pretty significant um, cost. So your total cost of ownership is, is really much higher than you would perceive it to be. Exactly. And while we're on the subject, let's talk about this. You have a lot of air, I won't mention states, but you have a lot of states where you have a um, large obese population and they have to actually warm up the crematories ahead of time to uh, accept an obese client. And I've heard from some funeral directors that they actually are required to have a... Uh, a fire truck nearby because they have had fires. So that's a risk not only to the community, it's a risk to the crematory. It's it's a safety risk. You don't want to run any kind of an institution that pretty much could go on fire at any point in time. Well, what about your operators? You know, these operators are barely, barely getting certification from Cana in order to operate around this area. Well, we're advocating and we're part of uh, helping the legislation in California is we have a program that we have a certified alkaline hydrolysis facility when we're finished. We have a certified alkaline hydrolysis manager when we're finished, and we have a certified alkaline hydrolysis operator when we're finished. So everybody knows what their job is and what the ramifications are of what they do, much like the staff that we use to build our equipment. We have certified union representatives working on our, on our equipment. And why is that? Because they're the best trained in the industry. And wouldn't we want our staff to be the best trained as business owners? And why is that? To make sure they're safe. They have families too. 
Oh, no, you're absolutely right. And, and, and you, you can't provide safety for somebody in a traditional crematory because you just don't know what the circumstances are going to be from one day to the next. Exactly. And what are those cremation certifications? What are they, you know, 15 hours or something like that? My goodness. We have staff online 24-7 in order to meet the needs of our customers. And that's critical. We provide them with training on site until they feel comfortable, until they can pass our training standards on a manual level, and then we put them in an automated function and on their system. So they just don't take the machine and start running it. They have to accomplish and attain certification before that we release the machine to them. And that's, that's a great thing. We're very proud of that process. I would be very proud of that process. And also, like you said, it is a responsible choice. We need to have people in the death care industry held accountable, and they need to have credentials and know what they're doing. It makes client families feel a lot better about the death process. And, and also, you know, when they ask the people that are taking care of my mom or dad, um, are they trained? Uh, what's going on in there? Because they don't really know. They don't have insight like we do to what goes on in the crematory uh -huh. process. Absolutely right. So I guess the motto is, if you live green, you should die green. That's a good one, Nancy. <laughs> so, Joel, talk about the legislature. How, how many states have passed this? Is it eight now? Uh, that's eight. Kansas just passed it. Yay. Yeah, good for Kansas. And you know what pushed them over the edge was the, the debate about the institution of, of, the, uh, of the state handling the indigent cases. They, they said, we just can't continue to bury. It's just not cost effective and it's not prudent with the tax dollars. And that's why one of our vertical markets are the institutions, the medical examiners, the coroners, the prisons, et cetera, et cetera. Because if you had a choice as a representative to spend $1,300 on a cremation or a burial or $125, what would you choose? And we're finding that, that that's what they're interested in. They're interested in saving the constituents' money. You put that stuff out for a, uh, in a referendum, you'll have everyone's hand up. And it also looks good to um, people in politics that they are saving the environment versus the traditional means. And they, don't have, and they don't have to spend money, so to speak, to do it. They can put a system in place that, in fact, has payback immediately. And that always rings true with constituents. Absolutely. So, Joel, what states now are we looking at um, pending legislation? Well, the pending legislation, uh, Illinois is one, uh, Texas, pretty much the other states except for those eight. The eight that, that uh, are already raring to go are the, the Maine, Minnesota, Florida. You have Kansas, uh, Washington, Oregon. Well, Oregon is, is a real green-friendly state, so that should be a big boon to this industry. Uh-huh, the whole Western Corridor, yes. Colorado. <laughs> it's really exciting, Nancy. This is, this is changing an industry, and, and people are catching on more and more each and every month. And we appreciate broadcasts like yours that are bringing this to the, the forefront of education. As, as you said, it's education. Folks need to wake up and understand the flexibility is um, now here in the funeral service. 
No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, Joe Sehe, who's head of the Green Burial Council, when I spoke with him, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, but when I spoke with him, he said in 15 to 20 years, when people actually choose traditional burial in a casket at a grave at a gravesite, it's going to be your great grandmother. It's just going to be so outmoded. It's going to be actually an oddity rather than the norm. Right. Because green burial is absolutely the way to go because people are becoming more green conscious and we need to educate people so the rest of the world understands as well. Exactly. Now, what's your next deployment? Let's chat about that for a minute. Uh, what we have is we have units that, human units going into Maine. We have human units going into Puerto Rico. And we have pet units going into California. And we have pet units going into Washington State. So is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, no, we are, other than the fact that we, we are about an hour and a half outside of Chicago, anyone wanting to take a tour of our production facility, it's in Elkhorn, Wisconsin, uh, please give me a call. I would be more than happy to show them around. They can touch and feel. We have a unit that's, that's uh, just been completed, ready to be placed on a truck and shipped out so they can see and touch and feel the unit and have further conversations. And that's close to Lake Geneva, is that correct? Right. It's just uh, about five minutes north of Lake, Lake Geneva, about an hour and a half out of Chicago from, the, from McCormick Center, where the uh, NFDA is having their convention next week. So that's, 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 a pretty, that's a pretty short distance to go to actually see such uh, innovative technology. Exactly. If you need a ride, give me a call. I'll come get you. Okay. Sounds good. Now, Joel, you already have some of these systems in place, I believe, in Henderson, Nevada. We've got it in Nevada. We are finishing up installs uh, in Florida as a human unit and in Pennsylvania, right outside Philadelphia, is another pet unit. Puerto Rico is ready to be installed as well. Those folks are coming into town this weekend to see their unit. So it's very exciting, and I'm glad that you allowed me to be part of this process with you. You're welcome. Now, Joel, if anybody would like to contact you, would you like to give them some contact, some way to contact you? Because I'm sure people might have more questions or more advanced questions. Sure. They can call the uh, headquarters number. It's 239-278-1661. The best way to contact me is my email address. That's jcollins at eco-greencremationsystem.com. And of course, our website, www.eco-greencremationsystem.com, for all the information is placed of the, um, on that site as well. It's, it's very, very informative, and we'd love to see you. And very educational. And um, you can contact me at Funeral Directors Chat, and I will pass on your information to Joel. Thanks, Nancy. Thank you, Joel. It was, it was really great sharing this information with you today, and I wish you all the success in the world. Thank you, ma'am. Take care. Ordering cremation urns for your funeral home is easy with UnitedPriority.com. Email your client an urn description from our website or receive tier pricing when ordering more than one item. Help your clients find the right urn with UnitedPriority.com.